Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and we are really excited to have today's guests. We have Kale McCarty and Nathan Torres. They are two bareback riders from the state of Colorado, and they high school rodeo, and today they are going to share their experience with how they got started in bareback riding, what keeps them going, how they've overcome the injuries, and what kind of support they get, as well as just some suggestions and how somebody could go about getting started. So we're really excited to have them, and we appreciate them taking the time out of their day to share their insight. If this is something that you're interested in or you have a friend who would like to get into bareback riding, please send them this podcast and let them learn about it. And especially if they're in high school rodeo, these boys are willing to share their experience and answer some questions so you can reach out to them after you've heard what they have to say. And now, let's get started. RodeoKids.com podcast. I am Cam Marie and I um, run RodeoKids.com and then Wendy she's joining us today as well and she works with a lot of like the Rodeo Kids ambassadors. She does a lot of our media and all that kind of stuff, social media stuff and shipping and everything else that goes with with uh, being all of the above. All of the above, yes. So she stays really busy around here. Um, we are located in Iowa, just kind of a fun fact. Um, so kind of, I talked to you a little bit, Kale, about it, but what I would like to talk about today is just how you guys got started in, in rough stock and you're both bareback riders, correct? Yes, ma'am. So, okay. So talking about bareback riding and what drew you into it and like what you love about it and what you want to see or what you think could help get more people interested in it. So we can just start at the beginning. Um, Kale, we'll have you go first and you can just tell them who you are, where you're from, and how you got started into rodeo and rough stock. All right. Well, I'm Kel McCarty. I'm from Hayden, Colorado. Um, I got started with uh, Donnie Hayes, which is Keenan Hayes' dad. Keenan is a very good bareback rider, and he's in the – I think he's in his amateur stage of the going through the PRCA process right now. But his dad's known my dad for his whole life. So, basically, I just started with uh, – Donnie's horses and there were many Bronx but I started with him about two years ago doing bareback and what really drew me in is I went to work with one of Donnie's friends and his buddy was just basically telling me all the stories and stuff and all their experiences and everything from going to rodeos yeah so did you grow up in a rodeo family I have not oh so you're a first generation Yes, ma'am. Cool. What's that like? Oh, it's interesting. It's kind of hard because I have nobody to learn from, but basically just trying to chug along. But I mean, I've got friends and supporters because my dad's known everybody in the small town and little ranch town. So there's some rodeo people there and they help me out and everything. Do you have any siblings? I do not. Oh, so you're an only child navigating the rodeo world. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> cool. So how long have you been doing it for? Uh, two years. Two years. Cool. And what's that to you? Like, has it been super exciting? Like, what's your favorite part been? It has been very exciting. It's been a thrill. Cool. All right, Nate, let's have you tell us your story. All right. I'm Nate. Uh, I'm 16. I'm from Deer Trail, Colorado. Um, I got started riding bareback horses and 
all that stuff when I was fairly young. Uh, I got on my first sheep when I was two years old. My grandpa, he rode saddle round horses and was a team roper, and he actually raised his own buck and bulls. So when I was little, we were living with him, and I would always go out, try and climb on him. I've always envisioned myself as being a champion. That's something that I try and achieve every day in my everyday life. Um, I got on my first actual horse in rough stock at nine. Uh, I won my first check that day, and I was actually riding against Keenan Hayes. He took I took second that day. That's awesome. It really just added to that fire that I think certain people get. Well, everyone in life has. And for some people, it's bareback courses. Some people, it might be riding or stuff like that. But I feel like a way to get more people into it is just going to be more opportunities for people to find out what their fire is. That's what I love about like Ace High Rough Stock Academy. They're one of the few free schools out there that let people try it out. And they really, they help the kids and even some adults that are like, okay, I've never tried this, but let's give it a shot. And that's what you got to do in life. Yeah, gotta- that's awesome. So tell us what's Ace High Academy, Rough Stock Academy. I've never heard of that before. Uh, so they're a bareback and saddle bronc riding school. Uh, they're ran by the Serby Brothers Ranch. Uh, okay. Up in Colorado. Uh, they do a school there that uh, Kale actually went to a few weeks ago. Oh, I went to one in, I think they just got done with one in Texas, and I'm pretty sure that's their last one for the season. So they do a couple every year? Yes, ma'am. I guess I knew the Serbies did something, but I didn't realize what it was called. So, have you been to that, Kale? Yes, ma'am, I have been to that. I was there a couple weekends ago. Uh, awesome. Their horses. So, what do you learn when you're in this academy? Like, how many other people are there usually? Um, well, it really varies. Uh, the first camp that I went to from them, which was last year, there were about 30 bareback riders, and they really just give you a start from nothing. There's some guys that have been riding for four plus years there's there was me who it was only my second horse last year okay so you're still pretty fresh on the the bareback side of things been involved in it but just really getting started on the bareback horses yeah I was about 12 or so and I broke my arm and so I took a little break from it and pursued ag and everything in 4-H but last year when I moved we kind of moved a little closer to town and everything after we moved from Alaska yeah, I yeah. saw that. The North Pole. Yes, ma'am. I even had to Snapchat to some of that to some of my friends. I was like, I didn't know that there was an actual North Pole. So I learned something new today. Yeah, it's a pretty cute little town, but uh, there's not a whole lot of rodeo up there. And that's one of the big reasons why we decided to head back to Colorado. Gotcha. What took you guys all the way to Alaska? Work? Uh, my brother, he was up there stationed for the U.S. Army and... <laughs> I did, you know what, let's just move back down to the lower states. Uh, we don't like being cold. Yeah, probably a great experience, but glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you have gotten injured and Kale and I had talked a little bit on Facebook earlier about um, maybe why some people don't do it. And it's because of like a fear of getting hurt. 
Well, you've been hurt and you still want to do it. So what is it that draws you back to it? Like, how do you overcome those fears or like how many, how often do you actually get hurt in that kind of deal? I feel like there's, there's always something in rough stock where every ride, whether or not it's a good ride or not, you get hurt in some way. Uh, my first horse of the season, I tore my meniscus. I actually had surgery just two days ago on it right now. Uh, but there's a drive for something that you love. And for bareback horses, it's, it's just something that keeps drawing back towards it. It's, it's like, it's an addiction really. Um, I joke with a lot of people and say it's better than doing anything else, but it's your body doesn't really, it doesn't thank you very much. I mean, it's good for your mind. <laughs> are there things that you guys do to make sure that you are in the best shape possible? Uh, I think so. Uh, I know everyone has their own ways of training. A lot of people, it's the spur board. Every um, a lot of coaches will say, you got to do an hour on the spur board as much as you can. And that's one of the best training tools that we have because not everyone can get on a bucking horse every single day. It's just not humanly possible. Well, that, and there's not that many people that have access to it like that. Absolutely. To be able to get on bucking horses. It's no different than if you are a team roper or a bareback rider or a, a calf roper, you know, having livestock around costs a lot of money and then you have to have the facility and then you have to have somebody pick you up. So there's a lot that goes into it. But um, one thing that um, I think would be really cool is, is just looking into how we get more people to have at least three or four horses that people can get on, um, you know, regionally and stuff. And uh, we're hopefully, we talked to the PRCA yesterday about some cool things and creating some opportunities and clinics and um, whatnot, but it's going to take, in my opinion, kids and, and guys just like you guys who are still in the beginning stages making sure that it's cool, like, and that it's fun. And that, um, you know, you guys have kind of a lot on your shoulders at your age for the bareback, because of what are there? Like the last I knew there were only 99, less than a hundred bareback riders in the PRCA. Um, and that's not very many, you know, and we, I think there's 50 States and that's not even two people per state is what we're averaging. Then you guys get to really make it look super awesome. So we can get more people involved in it that, can start at your age, but we also have to look into um, creating more opportunities that allow you to learn before you just get on this ginormous horse that's going to try to buck you off. And so the spur board is definitely one thing. Um, what are some other things that you guys have done to prepare to get on the, the actual horses? Well, one thing that the Ace Heist, uh Survey brothers and all the coaches from Ace High uh, teaches mindset. Like they, their whole thing is it's 95% mindset, 5% physical. Mm -hmm. It's just basically all about that mindset of that you can do it. Like, so when Donnie first told me, he started hyping me up and everything for my first horse, he said, You got to take it out there. Like, you're going to win the world every time. And that's just been my mindset ever since then. Yeah, that's great advice. What about you, Nate? Uh, going along with what he said, it absolutely is a lot of mental preparation. I mean, you're getting on something that could kill you accidentally. And I think that's a big reason why that so many people are scared of it. Mm -hmm. But once you 
overcome that, you realize that it's truly something beautiful. And in order to see that beauty, you can't just try, you have to do it. And that's, that's a quote that I try and live by that I heard from Casey Coletti last year at one of the ACE High camps. Yeah. Can you say that one more time? Uh, to not try, just do it. There's a lot to that. Trying, there's a difference. Trying is like overthinking it. And that's like, oh, I'm trying. I'm only going through the process versus actually like when you're doing it, you are in it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And like what you said, Kale, um, one thing that I learned even in the breakaway roping this summer, um, I've struggled the last couple of years um, in roping and stuff. And I went out this summer and I missed my first cap and I was like, I'm done, I'm done missing. Like it's time, it's time to quit doing that. And I started backing in the box. And now every time I back in the box, I tell myself, go out there and rope. Like this is the last cap you're ever going to rope. And ever since then I've been catching calves most of the time. So, or at least doing a lot better than what I was. So that kind of goes right along with what you were saying with it being 95% mindset. I was allowing my mind to hold me back, even though I was doing everything physically, the practicing, the working out, all of those things, but you have to make sure that your mind is convinced that you're going to be a winner too. Definitely. Cool. So what are, um, like you guys are in high school, like how do you go about talking to your friends about it and getting them interested in it? Nate, you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ask your friends to come with you or anything like that? Uh, I've tried a few times, but uh, there's not a whole lot of red rough stock in. Most of my friends that are living in the area, they are team ropers, and they're like, no, man, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, same here. I got a lot of calf roping and team roping friends here. They just – don't want any part of it getting hurt or yeah I think we're crazy for wedging our hands in that rigging <laughs> what about the kids that aren't involved in rodeo yet do you ever ask them I do time to time uh they just view it they don't think they can ever achieve it they're like oh, awesome I wish I could try it one day but they don't realize that that's the opportunity for them to try it and I feel like they just kind of psych themselves out of it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Have you, um, so like one thing that I thought, I was a coach at Colorado Northwestern Community College in Rangeley, Colorado, um, not for a long time, but for a little while. And one thing that the guys would do there is that they would just get on a bro course and practice their spurring on a live animal and just like slow motion. Do you guys ever do that? Yeah, I've been there before at in the South Dakota Carco Ranch camp. That's what they had us do is our get offs. And if what hap what we do if we get hung up and all sorts of stuff was just on a broke horse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, start with the basics. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a place too that, um, you know, that we, I, with RodeoKids.com, um, and as we have conversations like this, like, that's a great way to open the door to somebody and just be like, hey, like, this is what it looks like you know, on TV, on the NFR, this is what it looks like when you get buffed off. But this is where we start. And where we start is safe. And if we can build it to where 
they start on the ground on the spur board and then they get on a horse that's broke that's not going to buck them off and then they get on just like a little buddy jumper I don't know what you guys call them but um just something that you know we can go up through the ranks um do you ever find that there's any missing links in that I think so um everyone right now in the rodeo world is at such different levels there's guys that have been riding for years and are still in high school and they're helping everyone and then there's guys that are just in their start similar to me uh last year uh I had gotten on one of the local contractors uh it was my first big horse that I was telling you about in that little article and I got blown right out the back yeah. but she's definitely a bit more advanced horse I saw some guys that have been riding for a while and they bucked off of her, but I feel like if we were able to get a little bit more steps to where that the new guys aren't getting on that tough of a horse for people that haven't found it as their fire yet. That it yeah, that's a tough deal. Um, you know, we want the horses, horses to buck hard, obviously it looks cool. And, but it's also, you know, in my, my opinion, it's important to remember, especially for like our amateur rodeo guys and like most people don't know what the difference is between a horse that's bucking and a horse that's bucking hard you know your average fan just sees a horse that's even crow hopping and they're like oh my gosh he's bucking um so while I think it's cool how they're breeding these horses and how athletic they are and for the guys at the top I think it's amazing that they can ride them but I like what they're doing with the bucking bulls where they're creating future and I know they have some for the bareback horses but and rough stock horses but um I think if we could turn these super rank ones more towards where they're like race horses or you know dogs are race or whatever and have them compete against each other rather than people competing on them so that these horses that are like practically unrideable aren't getting passed down because what's happening is before we had horses that bucked hard and then as they got old they got passed down well now we have horses that buck so hard and then we have horses that buck even harder than them and that's what's getting passed down as like oh well they're not cutting it for this well those are still really tough horses for kids to ride especially if they're getting started so um trying to find a way to make that transition easier is definitely important for sure so if you had some advice for somebody who is just getting started what would it be uh i would just say give it everything you have why not try it it could be something that takes you to incredible places in life so you might as well give it a shot yeah yeah if you're gonna do it give it your all that's what my advice is mm -hmm. if you're gonna do it you might as well be the best at it so you gotta yeah. give it your all you both talked about going to clinics. Where can people who are interested in doing that or wanting to get a start, where can they find these clinics or how can they get into doing that? Just mine mostly come from finding them on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, or just talking to rodeo buddies. But um, I mean, you can search up rodeo camps and they'll give them to you everywhere. But if you want ones that are realistic and within your range, it's probably talking to people that you know I mean like anybody that's been in the rodeo family or whatever just 
talking to them. They know places. They've all heard of them and stuff. So, I mean. And you had listed a handful of them that you've been to on your recruiting form, right, Kale? Yes, ma'am. You had, which ones you've gone to, obviously this Ace High one. Um, I saw the Corco one in South Dakota, right? Yeah. And then in Cody, Wyoming, they uh, let you go down there. I mean, you could do it all summer if you wanted to. And it's, they do kind of like a Bible school, but it's basically just you staying in bunks with a whole bunch of cowboys and you just go to church about every morning and wake up, go rodeo. They'll teach you stuff on your rig and build your rig, but it's basically just getting on horses constantly. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And they do it while the actual rodeos are going. So, I mean, like they'll have the actual rodeo going where they're competing, but then they have just the kids that are learning and stuff after them. Oh, cool. So you get to still feel like you're a part of the big rodeo. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Have you done that too, Nate? Uh, I didn't go up there for that camp. Uh, I was looking into it, but it just didn't really work out. Uh, I went to a few smaller local rodeos and everything. Yeah. Um, but I heard a lot about that one and how many incredible benefits there would be to it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And I know, um, you know, your local more amateur stock contractors and stuff, they're always looking for kids and for people to fill spots. And, and I think as long as if they can get a group of kids together and find a facility, they'll haul the livestock there if you are willing to just ask them um, because they're definitely looking for the numbers and they need the numbers for their rodeos to be successful. So they'll definitely um, stick their neck out a little bit and, and maybe not even charge you to go try as long as you just strike up the conversation. with them. So don't be afraid to ask. So you guys both high school rodeo, right? Yes, ma'am. What's that experience been like? What do you like about it? Well, basically, it's just a, so we get on about one horse a day, right? But so we got to either wait all day to get on our horses, which we basically hang out, do whatever, go sit in someone's camper, trailer, whatever they got. Um, Then we wait for our ride, then do our ride. It's all business. And then after that, we just go and have fun. I mean, it's just a lot about having fun, but it's also when it comes time to bid for business, it's about it. Mm -hmm. I like that. I had a, I did a podcast interview or we did a zoom with a girl named Kaylee Smith and she wrote a book as well. Um, and she's a big time goat tire. And I think it was her, her coach had told her, you know, you've got some people get so hyped up to compete and they're like, so focused on it, but you actually, you spend so much time and so much energy on that, that uh, by the time you're actually ready to compete, you're not focused anymore. So if you can wait until like within 15 minutes of when you compete, and then like 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, like spend that time, that's your business time. You've got that meeting with that horse room. You got to ride him for eight seconds and then you go on about your business. Cool. So if somebody wanted to get involved in high school rodeo near you, what would they need to do in Colorado? They need to find a high school that has high school rodeo first. I mean, I don't know how many of you know, you know, uh, Nate, but I just know of Craig around here and that's about it. I think Meeker might have one, but I don't know anything else I know that a lot of schools here in Colorado they don't really have high school rodeo anymore that's more of other states like Texas you know they have their different associations and everything but uh we do the National High School Rodeo Association so it's a bit a bit more spread out and uh they have their subsidized uh organizations like Colorado State Organization that we do 
Uh, they have different rodeo teams that you can join all throughout the state, or you can be an independent. You just have to pay a different fee. But the best way about it would be to go to the National High School Rodeo Association's website and find the secretary for your state or region and everything. Okay. I think they ones all throughout Canada, all 50 states, even Australia and New Zealand, something like that. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. And, and they'll tell you everything that you need to get. And yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know how familiar you guys are with rodeokids.com, um, but if there was something that we could do to help rough stock riders, um, the, a couple of things that I've heard is maybe post where some clinics can be found on the website. Um, but what else can we do to help uh, grow bareback riding and rough stock? Tough question, huh? <laughs> kind of. Um, <laughs> if kids are trying to talk to bareback riders and ask them how it's like, I mean, I don't know how busy you are, Nate, but I mean, I could find time in the day to talk to anybody. I mean, they want to just learn or just want to have a conversation about it, learn what the mentality is like, what the physicality is like, I mean, anything. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've tried or not, but if you message some of the pro guys on Instagram, they're, they almost always respond. Uh, if you're asking them just a genuine question, they love to help out the newer generations and everything. And, I think that really just spreading awareness that, hey, we're, we're willing to help. We're willing to try and keep growing the sport. We don't want to see the sport end up dying or anything like that. And Cool. Well, we can definitely, um, you know, it, and hopefully you guys are both applying to be ambassadors. We would love to have you both on the ambassador team. Um, we're going to try getting more videos on our TikTok and stuff like that of Rough Stock as well. I mean, I'm a timey. I mean, I'm a girl, so I have to be for one, but I uh, am also have always spent more time on the other end of the arena. And it wasn't until I actually got a little bit older that I really started to appreciate um, the horses and the rough stack riders and what goes into it. And uh, learning about Tim O'Connell, he's from Iowa as well. And the workout programs that he goes through you know he's been a family friend of ours and my dad and his dad get to talking sometimes and um they got to chatting about his workout program and that he's involved with the, or was at this point in time anyway with um a wrestling coach a college wrestling coach is who was helping him at that point in time and uh learning that kind of stuff and those kind of connections so that when we get started it's like oh it's not just jumping on a horse and getting bucked off it's it's um, how to get in shape. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Wolf and Sons performance, but it's out of Texas. Uh, his name's Dr. Andy Wolf is who's in charge of that. And he's a research scientist and a professor at Tarleton and Stephenville. And he works with their rodeo team and he has workouts that are specifically designed for different events. So I've been doing the one for breakaway and team roping um, for the last three months. And then he's got ones for bareback riders. And while being on the spur board, you know, that's awesome. The more time that you can spend on horses and, and practicing and, and that kind of situation is great. But if we don't engage all of our muscles that help the main muscles that we use fire, then we're we can almost be doing ourselves a disservice to a certain extent. So uh, that's somebody you might look into as well. And we've done a couple of podcasts with him that are pretty cool and able to listen to. And it's um, he shares the results that they've seen at Tarleton and how much better the rodeo team is starting to compete after a year of having his programs um, 
in the in the rodeo team so that's kind of cool something you can check out as well but um once you guys are ambassadors too we'll get your information and we'll make sure that kids know that they can talk to you and maybe if you guys are up for it it'd be really cool to have you just do like a tiktok or like a three minutes or under or even 60 seconds or under that just says hey like this is who I am. This is what I love about bareback riding. We'd love to answer any questions that you have. Please reach out. Like something like that would be awesome because then you guys get to be ambassadors and people know that you're available. I'm all for growing the sport. So, I mean, anything. Awesome. Well, we're counting you in then. The other thing about, I think that's really important about rodeo. I mean, like me and Nate, all our buddies that do rough stuff, we're like a family when we get there. I mean, we all know each other we all talk to each other then nobody's left out really I mean we're just like one big family all the rough stock kids and even some of the team ropers but team ropers usually don't get along with this sometimes but other than that we're a big old family and we love what we do and it's a lot of fun yeah I saw Nate that you are a team roper too uh I do a little on the side uh, okay. but bareback is my main focus and it's it's what I truly want to do with my life Gotcha. So what are some, like, what's your big goal? I mean, you said that you wanted to, you know, being a champion was definitely on your, on your list of to do things in life and living your life like that every day. But what does that look like to you? Uh, it looks like just completing little goals every day. Uh, like for me, I'm a couple days out of surgery today. My goal is to finally make it downstairs and up a couple times today. Yeah. And when you set small goals like that, that are leading to your big goal, it's, it's really part of that stepping stone. Uh, I was watching the live video on Instagram with uh, Tim O'Connell last night, and he said that his big goal was to just make the finals. And then when he finally got there, he had already completed it. And then he's, he stepped out and made that goal to be a world champion. And he then accomplished that in 2016. And now his goal is to be the first six-time world champion. And little things like that are just how you get to be a champion every day of your life. So what are some of your big goals? My first big goal is to try and win the state finals this year. The yes, next competition. one. Yeah, me and him, that's our goal is trying to make it to the state finals, trying to win it all. It's me and him, button heads, which... <laughs> <laughs> but we're still friends at the end of the day Good. still cheering for each other and everything mm-hmm. cool what other goals do you have Nate then we'll ask you what yours are Kale. uh my next goal is going to be for next year uh I'll be living in Texas and my goal is going to be to win the Texas state finals and I want to be the national champion as well those are great goals thank you yeah. What about you, Cal? Mine's pretty similar to his. Mine's just keep getting on horses, get to states, win states, then move on to nationals and go be a champion. There you go. The one thing, and it goes along with everything else that you guys are saying, there's two quotes that I like um, that come to mind for me. And one of them is that success is a series of small steps completed. Like that's how you get to success. And then the other one that we use a lot is win or learn, I never lose. So every single time that you get on a horse, every single time you do anything in life, there is, you know, I don't like the word failure. I don't really use that in my vocabulary because I don't believe in it. I believe that you either learned a lesson or you've succeeded at that. But one way or the other, you're always learning and you're always gaining from everything that you do. So 
long as you keep moving forward, then you'll get there eventually. Okay, Kel, you had said something um, about that you think that parents and peer influences have something to do with rough stock not being as popular as what it once was per se. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so like parents, like my parents, my dad personally doesn't like me doing it, but he knows that I want to do it. That's why he supports me. But it's just they don't want to see their kids get hurt. Like I have a buddy I uh, was rodeoing with all summer, and his uh, he hurt himself a little bit, nothing too bad. But he his dad told him he didn't want to wheel him around in a wheelchair, and told him that it he just wasn't tough enough. And it's just basically their parents telling them they can't and. They just don't want to see their kids hurt, which I get it, but it's also, I think it's more their choice of what they need to do, what mm -hmm. they want to do. Okay. So how would you, like, if, if you were in that situation, how would you want a parent to handle that? If they're, they're scared to death, I mean, I don't have kids at this point in time, but I can see where, like, of course you don't want your kids to get hurt. Um, but there's definitely, as you said, different ways to go about it. So what would you think that would be? Well, my thing was I got knocked out uh, this summer on a horse, uh, hung my hand a little bit, got knocked out, laid in the dirt for a little bit. But um, my dad basically wanted me to hang it up after that. But I told him it's just I got something in me and I just can't stop. I mean, it's just an addiction. It's what I live for. and It's everything I want to do. Mm -hmm. So how can you ask him to support you? Because even though like like what what we're doing right now is we're having a conversation about your experience, but there's probably somebody who's going to listen to this who is doing the same exact thing. And there might be a parent listening to this who, when they hear you talk, it's like their kids talking to them. So whatever advice you have can definitely help. Well, my advice is that <laughs> basically we know what we're signing up for. We know what we're doing. I mean, and if they're really worried about it, send them to a camp. I mean, let them go to camps. Let them learn the safety. Let them learn everything they need to do. I mean, even with, uh, I mean, you can even go to physical trainers and stuff. They'll tell you how to keep your body loose and what happens. But the major thing is, like, at the camps, they always teach us safety first, how to get in the chutes, right, how to get off the horse, what happens if you do get in the situation. I mean, camps just help a lot, and the coaches and everything are real helpful. So if they're really worried about it, I'd send them to a camp. Yeah, great advice. What do you have about that, Nate? Like, what do you think about the parents? And um, I think that the world, it's not really a safe place. I mean, crazy things happen every day. But us guys, we keep our faith in the Lord every single day. And every time that we go to get on, we're thanking him for letting us live another day. And... Well, I'll be honest, I don't really know where I'm going anymore, but. <laughs> if there was a parent who was scared to death for their kid, like, how would you want, how would you ask them for support? That's definitely a tough question because it is hard, like, to explain it by having a parent that is super supportive about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know my mom, she definitely doesn't like it. She's seen all the stuff happen with my grandpa and everything, but I would say, we're going to, we're going to want to do it no matter what it's, if it's in our hearts as a parent, you should, you should let us do what makes us the happiest. And sometimes that's say, for example, football. Uh, I know plenty of parents who are scared about their kids playing it because of concussions. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if bareback riding is what makes us happy, then all I ask is that you let us ride bareback horses. Yeah. So you said that your mom is, you know, she's scared and, you know, every parent is, but what are some things that she does to support you, even though you know it, but she still supports you? How does she do that? How do you know that she's supportive? Uh, well, she tells me that I can do anything that I put my mind to, anything I want to do, like that I'm allowed to do. But when I go to do something, I do it. That's all that she asks. She completely agrees with the whole don't try, just do statement. Uh, she helps me make to as many rodeos as I can. Uh, even when it's hard for me, she'll occasionally help me with entry fees. She's just, she also helps look for things that are going to help make me better. If she says, hey, Nate, I don't think you should ride this time. I think you should train a little bit more. And sometimes I don't listen to her on that sometimes. But like last year, I was recovering from an ankle injury and that I chose not to get on. And the next I made, I covered my first horse. Awesome. There's definitely a time, especially in such an intense physical sport that you need to know when to draw the line and take care of your body and strengthen. And then the time to push and push through things. And that's, that's a fine line that can be difficult. And if you're trying to row it on your own or tow it on your own, that's, um, that's a tough deal. But I do know that parents have this sixth sense sometimes. And they're like, if it's not a good idea this time, it's a good idea to listen to them. Absolutely. Yeah. What are some specific things that your parents do, Kale, to support you that you, that allows you to know that they support you? My mom tells me that I can do anything I put my mind to. And she just, she's a big supporter, but she, I know she's also scared to death because she hides behind her phone every time she <laughs> I get on a horse. Uh, but my dad, he, he supports me. He, like I said, he'd rather me not do it, but he supports on what I want to do. And he, he's going to push me to my fullest, no matter what. I mean, I was feeling sore at that A-side camp. He made me get on another one. I was just getting kind of beat up and wasn't feeling too good, but he made me get on another one and I kept going until I, until the camp was over. So, I mean, he's just pushing me to my limit. That's good. So if you're going to do it, do it all, go all out. Yes, ma'am. That's how, that's how he believes in it. Awesome. Well, that's great. It sounds like you guys both have parents that obviously have great intentions and want the best for you, but they're also willing to set aside what they want for what you want and um, support you in that because telling you no is probably just going to get you hurt even more. So if they can support it and, and then you make those decisions to not get on when your mom says not to get on versus doing it in spite of her, that's the word I'm looking for, then that's, that's great. Sounds like you guys have a good support system. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's about all of the questions that I have. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to share? Just about bareback riding or rodeo or getting involved or anything we can do? I mean, like Nate was talking about earlier, just religion and thanking God for letting us do what we do and live how we live. I mean, that's a big thing for us. We pray before every ride. We got our buddy Monty. He prays with us before every ride and everything. So he so and that's just a really big thing we go for. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing too that sets rodeo apart more often than not. Not that some other sports don't pray in private, but you know, we get to be public about it. And every time almost any contestant that I know even enters that arena, 
there's been a prayer said of some sort that they have God's protection in that arena. And so if you are going to do something dangerous or if you're going to do something that scares your parents, it might as well be rodeo because at least the good Lord's there looking over us. <laughs> that's, that's how we see it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Wendy, do you have any other questions? I don't. I think you guys covered a lot and it was really good. Well, thank you guys very much. And we look forward to going through those applications. And yeah, if you can send us some videos that we can post to our TikTok, just so that some other kids can see what you're doing and feel free to send us anything. If you've got some, some other videos that you've created of you guys riding rough stock or talking about it or talking about it with your buddies and, and getting them to where, you know, we can use our platform to spread it. Uh, that's what we're here for is to grow the sport of rodeo and to provide for, for you kids and your families. Yeah, I think me and Nate got some videos we could send to you of our rides and stuff, of pros and cons and stuff. So, yeah. Good and bad ones. Yeah. yeah. Good we, and bad ones. We need them all. <laughs> yeah. And if you do that, like maybe add a little voiceover to it as to, hey, like this is where I went wrong. Like if I would have done this, I ended up fine. This is what it caused. Like just what you did, what worked, what didn't work, that kind of stuff. Just so that when people are watching it, they're not just like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, they got bucked off. But explaining it, you know, I I talked with it was Hunter Reem. Uh, we were talking about calf roping, and what happens a lot is that people get so focused on the rope going around the calf's neck and coming tight, and that calf getting jerked down that they don't even realize all the rest of the picture that goes into it, like the athleticism of of the horse, of the cowboy, and that it doesn't hurt the calf, and why they're doing it, and like just going through and educating people who don't know, who aren't involved in it, who haven't gotten to the, who haven't gone to the camps, educating them about what they're watching. That's going to be a game changer for all of us because there's not as many cowboys as there used to be. So we need to make sure that they know what they're doing. And this is kind of an interesting statistic that you guys can take with you to um, just it's eye-opening to me that uh, only 2% of the population is directly related to agriculture. So that means like farming and, and rodeo and ranching and like every, every aspect of, of the agriculture industry. So then if we break that down to how many people have direct ties to rodeo, that's very, very, very small. So we have a very, very, very big responsibility to educate people on what it is and get it going again awesome well thank you guys very much and we've got a little care package coming for you here soon so we've got your addresses and everything so you can be checking the mail all right thank you thank you for your time yeah you bet have a great day study hard yes ma'am you too As always, thank you for tuning in to the RodeoKids.com podcast. We appreciate you more than you know. The only thing that we ask in return is if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and family. Talk about it in the truck and let them know that they can find more at RodeoKids.com. We are here to serve and support you. And we also want to invite you, if you're between the ages of 10 and 21, to check out the RodeoKids.com ambassador program. You can find it under the advancement tab on RodeoKids.com. Click on the sponsorships and then you'll see the RodeoKids.com ambassador program. Um, our ambassadors are a great group of youth and kids that go around and promote the industry and promote themselves and get to share with others what they've learned and invite them to get involved. And we would love to have you apply.
We wish you the best of luck, safe travels, and God bless chasing those gold buckle dreams.